and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow-Thompson. Hey, good neighbors. You know, Matt, what I was just thinking the other day? What were you thinking the other day? We've been doing this thing a really long time, you know? Would you like to know exactly how long we've been doing it, Adam? I'm curious. Do you... (laughs) 52 weeks. Hey-o! <laughs> that feels special. It does. <laughs> what should we do to celebrate this special occasion, Adam? Well, if it were me and it, and you... <laughs> which it is. Which it is. I think we should invite our wives on for a big old year-end recap celebration. <sighs> That's the crowd going wild. So, welcome <laughs> to the front porch, our wives and co-founders of the Neighboring Movement, Ashley Prescott Barlow Thompson. Hello. And Katherine Johnson. Hello. So it was about one year ago that we released our first episode of the podcast, The Neighbor Next Door. And it's amazing. Here we are a year later. I mean, amazing in the sense I cannot believe it's 2020. It is crazy. Yeah. And amazing in the sense that... Uh, that we didn't quit? We didn't quit. <laughs> we, we, and Christopher didn't quit. <laughs> there, there's the key. That's, That's really, the key. Thank you, Christopher, for not quitting. Um, so yeah, so this, uh, this is a special episode that we want to just take some time to reflect on this last year, our experiences with neighboring, and talk a little bit about the year to come right. and what we're looking forward to. So uh, grab a chair... And uh, maybe put on a a warm coat and join us on the front porch (laughs) for this episode of The Neighbor Next Door. Sounds great. Okay. Okay, so the first question I want to lob out for us to discuss. Are there any specific highlights for you guys uh, from neighboring in the past year? Things that stand out. My highlight was trying an indoor block party, like in an apartment type setting. And because the last time that we were on the podcast, we talked about the importance of the neighboring tips and we talked about block parties. And so I felt like really motivated that we have to try this in different contexts. It can't only be on our street. And so I got to visit my mom in November and she lives in kind of an apartment setting. And so I said, all right, mom, like, can we throw a block party inside and get to know your neighbors? And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We put um, invitations on everyone's door, just on her floor, on post-it notes. And lo and behold, people actually showed up, as they always do, miraculously. Mm -hmm. And we had so much fun meeting the people. And and it was just like like Karen said um, on the previous podcast, where people came to a block party and were like, yeah, we should have done this before. Like, we wanted to. Why didn't we? And that's what my mom's neighbors said, too. Like, oh, we thought about doing it in the spring, and we just didn't get it done. And so I think, like, yeah, people do like block parties, mm-hmm. and they don't always happen, but it's something that we want to do. So, yeah, it was great to see that it does work and 
And then people were excited. Like they said, well, you know, there's this area in the basement. We thought about like having a card party and we could invite the other floors too. And they wanted to get to know other people. And they talked about like, well, there's kind of that green space out front by the parking lot. Maybe we could have a cookout out there. And and then it turned out a month or so later, there was a break-in and it was really helpful that people already knew each other and felt comfortable talking to each other about what happened and yeah, it made things much easier that they already had those connections. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that I think is a highlight for me is that we're now into this enough that we're starting to see the exponential growth of neighboring that happens. Like maybe we initiated some conversation a long time ago, forgot about these people, and then came back around and we're like, now it grew into this other thing that we didn't have anything to do with, really. Hmm. And that's really cool to see, like, people making it their own. Once the once they get it in their head and they get their idea rolling, they don't really need us. They just start doing it. So I had a the incident in my mind is there was this group of, like, young professionals in Wichita who I talked with, like, a year ago. And they were doing this project where it was about like retention of young professionals in the city. I just had 30 minutes with them and I just told them about our work. And then I left and I didn't see him again. Like I would never met those people. I met him that 30 minutes. Didn't see him again. Yeah. They called me like a year later and they were like, we just loved what you guys were doing. And so we made neighboring the focus of our entire work. And they created this whole project around it and they kept presenting it to like, pretty significant groups like the Wichita Chamber of Commerce and like these groups in town and they're like every time we present it people are like this is amazing and we love neighboring we love what you guys are doing and it was like we only knew about it because of you guys so it just it has that kind of momentum to it and I love being into it long enough now to see the cycle of how those things are playing out it's Mm. pretty cool Mm -hmm. Mm. that's cool how about for you Ashley uh, just on our block for me, I was thinking about how this last year brought some grief for our block because mm. we had someone pass away and we had someone move off the block mm. and um, how those changes are hard because we miss them. And, you know, you always think, okay, who's coming? You mm. know, who's yes. going to be in that house next? And so we, Adam and I and Prescott had the chance to meet our new neighbors this year. And um, it's just been like really joyful to bring a plate of cookies. And um, one of our neighbors has been texting me off and on, just checking in, or if she doesn't feel safe, or if she's worried about something, she lives alone. She'll just text me, you know, or like mm-hmm. one time she just asked me, what's your cookie recipe? And I said, whatever's on the back of the chocolate chip bag, that's yeah. my recipe, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> and, you know, just those kind of new relationships. Um, that form when a new person comes in. Our other neighbor that moved in, we met him when he was super sick. He's like, please don't come near me. I think I have the flu. And we were like, we're here for you. We hope you're okay. <laughs> and it just was this opportunity to remind him who he lives alone, we think. Um, he's not alone. And we live at that house. So if you are like desperately sick and you need somebody to get you some Gatorade, <laughs> that's it. That's the house. Here's our phone number, you know. Yeah. So that I think has been a highlight, like just that transition from missing someone or saying goodbye to someone to welcoming someone new i think is a gift Mm. Mm. so that's cool this all is going to lead to my answer to the next question oh my but i'm just going to leave it here dangling as like you know so that people don't 
stop listening now. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, now I feel like my answer, people no, are going to be ahead. like, hurry up, Matt. Just we'll, get- go let, let, we'll let Matt give this answer first that everybody's really dying to hear, I'm sure. <laughs> um, one of the biggest highlights for me from the last year, actually, was this project that we got involved in um, with our neighborhood garden. Um, it's an empty lot that got purchased by a company that to put on a cell tower. But what it ended up becoming was a great way to just connect a lot of positive or good things in our neighborhood. And it's just, it's been so, it's been so exciting to see it. So we had money to pay for a company to put a fence up. Well, we have a neighbor who has his own company that installs fence. So he got the contract, installed the fence. Uh, we hired a local plumber to install the water line. Uh, we've uh, had wood chips donated to lay down and cover the bed. And then we put out a word on Facebook and just said, hey, we're going to have a work day if anybody wants to come and be a part of it. And on the work day, I don't know, we had like 10, 12 different neighbors show up. And some of these folks I had never met before. And they were so like excited. They were like all into it to just, they were like, I really believe in gardening and this is just a great opportunity. And I just saw how this is like how neighboring ripples out as we make more and more connections and our networks start to intertwine. And and the result is that this lot in the neighborhood that was a liability is now becoming a symbol of transformation and what happens when we just network the good things in our community. And it's not done, and you know, neighborhood gardens are difficult. It may not work out. But, man, it's just like this year, watching that unfold was just amazing. All right, well... We've, we've waited long enough. I mean, we got to move on to question two. Can't wait to hear what Adam has to say. So, Adam, what did you learn about neighboring in the past year? Okay. So, it all, it's been percolating all year, but I really, this morning, finally, like, am able to articulate it. Oh. So, because I went to this thing this morning and they were talking, this company that does, like, um, um, conflict and compassion in workplaces, like professional workplaces. And they, were they were preparing for a presentation and they had me come and give like feedback on it right mm-hmm. and one of the th- slides in the presentation was about how culture and brand is built and a lot of companies will pay a lot of money if, when they feel like their culture is not in a good space or their brand's not in a, you know they buy like brand consultants to come in and help them reshape that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and this company is saying you know what that's true and what really forms your culture is the individual interactions and culture is really the sum of your individual interactions and your brand is just an expression of your culture. And I put that immediately in my brain into our neighborhood. Oh uh, yeah. And one of the things we've been doing all along with neighbor movement is like, we want to help rebrand the neighborhood and everybody's like, well, where's your snappy logo? Yes. And we're like, I don't I don't know. Like I made this on PowerPoint. Does that work? Like, <laughs> right, right. We just haven't been able to do that. But if you start to pit, look around Wichita, our neighborhood is having this new brand. And like the way that that brand is being shaped is 
not by a cool website or a snappy logo. It's by all of these individual interactions that we're having. And that's mm-hmm. why when you guys were talking about like a new neighbor moves onto the block and they're immediately swept into it. It's not because they like read our mission statement on a website. <laughs> right. It's right. the individual interactions that are bringing them into that. Mm-hmm. And like that is now forming a culture that is really opposite of the culture that I think people would have described the neighborhood even five years ago. And mm-hmm. that, that to me is like really, I lo- one of the new learnings is we've always wondered how neighboring impacts bigger systems and we're getting into it far enough now that we're starting to see what that looks like. And that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, mine is, I just feel like mine keeps coming back to our block. I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> and it feels so like, particular compared to like the global universal nature y'all t- you are talking about Adam but one thing I learned about neighboring this year which I guess I should have known but is that it takes like persistence and that just in these little minute conversations and caring and watching and listening for my neighbors I'm building a a a relationship of vulnerability that goes both ways and so mm. this year um, we have a neighbor that I like we got close enough to become Facebook friends. Mm. And now this person, when they express hard feelings on Facebook, I get to follow up with them in person mm. and I get to connect with them. And there's a vulnerability and an openness there uh, because little by little, we've built this friendship online and in person. And it's just such a gift. And my life is super enriched by looking at those posts and knowing that that person's reading my posts as well. You know, Mm. Um, there's a neighbor that uh, is persistent with me and is always checking in on me when they see me outside. And the other day I was home alone and somebody came and like basically ding dong ditched me late at night and it scared me really bad. And so we contacted that neighbor who's persistent with me and that person watched my house and was Mm. like, I'm up, I'll make sure you're safe. And how like good I felt that we had that open, vulnerable relationship that I could say, I'm afraid right now. I don't like it that somebody was on my porch and I didn't know who it was and, you know, makes me feel really scared. Help me. And they were willing to help. And, you know, just slowly uh, checking in with, we have a couple neighbors who are really sick. And when we see them, it's like, the deepness, the openness of our relationship because of the persistence we've had in neighboring is instantly there. So I'm like, hey, what's up? Merry Christmas. How are you? Well, these are all the things that are going on and I might not be long for this world. Mm-hmm. Whoa, mm-hmm. what just happened? But the gift of that was we didn't have to play nice. How's the weather? You know, what have you been watching on TV lately? It was mm-hmm. really real and instant and the the sharing of that openness was just really powerful to me. So just, I think I'm recognizing that all those little moments where I'm outside getting out of my car, going into the house, saying hi to my next door neighbor or waving or bringing a batch of cookies or all those little things that seem mundane when we do them over time, build real relationship and real vulnerability and openness. And that to me is just a huge gift. Mm. So it enriches my life and, Anyway, it yeah. just is beautiful to me that I know I can depend on my neighbors and that my neighbors are willing to depend on me. Mm. Mm. That's good. Good. Catherine, for you, any learnings from the last year? I just think the element of time that you mentioned, like those small things over time, just watching over the last year how, I mean, yeah, we've been working at this for quite some time. Matt and I have been on this block 
a lot of years at this point. And yeah, there are fruits, uh, yes. the fruits of that persistence of those small actions, like building trust and building credibility and developing even just habits and patterns with people like, oh, yeah, I can count on you. I could call you. You're going to be there or whatever it is. You're going to have a block party. So, mm. yeah, I've just been aware that time, like you just keep doing it over time and it does add up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I think, I, I, I think for me, the learning from, from this year is that the, the growing edge for me of neighboring is still being able to receive help. And, and I think that it's, it's part of what evolves over time of getting to a place of being able to say like, yeah, I don't have to do this on my own. Um, it's just so easy to talk about neighboring, but then always focus on what I can do for other neighbors. And as the year was unfolding, I think I just, I got to teach a couple workshops or something that really made me stop and think about, yeah, when am I letting my neighbors help me? And, and I think, I mean, we mentioned in an earlier episode, uh, season two, actually, we dedicated to our neighbor, Fred, um, who passed away in May. And just, I remember the day that we found that he had passed and just having like neighbor after neighbor very gently just touch base with us after the ambulance had been here, the fire department had been here and, and just, just looks of condolence, expressions of compassion and care. Yeah, it's just, just having neighbors, even in grief, walking with us, uh, I think is a really hmm. powerful way to receive the care of our neighbors. And it helped me grieve to have neighbors gather around. So, and that's, just, I mean, that's a really dramatic example, I think, but there's smaller ways too of having neighbors help. And that's, um, so I'm getting more comfortable with that. Okay, well, listener, we're going to try and do a quick flash uh, round uh, with question number three and uh, and let you get on with your day. So, <laughs> number three, what are you thinking about or looking towards for your neighboring in the year to come? As I look towards the election season and people putting their little signs in their yards and people putting their cranky posts on Facebook, probably me included, mm. I'm just looking forward to exploring how loving my neighbors and like getting to know my neighbors helps me not only like be bipartisan or whatever, sure. but also love people who don't see the world the same way as I do. Mm. And I think that's really important in not the world that we live in right now, that mm. we are compassionate to people who disagree with us. Mm. So I just want to like do a little experiment this year for myself and say, how do I approach the people that online I would just roll my eyes at so hard and say, I love you. And it's cool yeah. that we disagree. And I actually want to learn about why you think the way you think. Yes. Ah, oh, the election year. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I got two. Um, <laughs> rapid so, round, man. I know. Rapidly. <laughs> rapidly, too. So in my personal, like my neighboring with people on my block, I am looking forward to finding more just like spaces to just like sit and chat. Uh, and so Ooh. trying to like be in spaces that I can just sit and chat for a little bit longer. 
which I'm not always great at. And then for within the neighboring movement, the thing I'm most looking forward to is the A Front Door Project, which I probably stole from you, Matt, as your most <laughs> as your thing too. Yeah, but we're do, because it's being tied to research that's going to be done from the Wichita State School of Social Work, and they're going to actually help us really prove does neighbor to neighbor relationships help strengthen a neighborhood? And we'll have some really good metrics and like measurements on that, and that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Answer. Yes. It does. I did the research. <laughs> yeah, really. You're welcome, WSU. Ask me. That Ask was me. way easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah. How about for you, Catherine? You I think doing more like of those quick check-ins, kind of like what you referenced, Ashley, because sometimes I think like it means that I have to have 30 minutes or an hour if I'm going to check in. Like this is a long conversation, but I think that neighboring doesn't have to be that can just be ongoing Mm. quick check-ins like text or calls or notes and so i would like to do those more closely spaced than yeah Mm. than only getting to visit with someone every few months Mm. yeah Mm. um okay well, I the you didn't steal mine actually, my Adam. My, mine was not. Well, I, let me go again then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me try this. Uh, I am really excited about the Eight Front Doors project, but honestly, I am also really excited about the continuing recordings of this podcast. And that's part of just what was shocking about the last year. It's a marketing pitch, actually, yeah. is what this is. Oh, don't demean it. No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, when we started recording the podcast, we really didn't think we had enough material to make more than one season. <laughs> we were like, well, we'll do 10 episodes and we, then probably that's quit. Right. <laughs> and, and here we are going strong. But what, what's happening is, as the longer that we do this, the more that we're seeing people doing different forms of neighboring in different communities and the opportunity to sit down with them uh, in conversations like this to say, okay, how do you do this? And why do you do this? And what have you discovered? Uh, We're just, we're finding amazing people. And uh, so I I really am excited to have those conversations and to keep putting out this word and to keep finding new people uh, who can say, oh yeah, uh, here's what I do. Or, Or also to pull people aside and say, hey, you're awesome and you're making these kind of connections and maybe you didn't realize how important this was. Can we talk about it? Because it really is making a difference and we oftentimes undersell it. So yeah. I'm excited to get the word out. So cool. yeah. And your moms will be so happy listening to this podcast, <laughs> hearing all these great things about the world. Uh, that's true. Glenn yes. and Penny, we love you. My, <laughs> that's right. That's right. My mom is already, she invented the eight front doors challenge. Yeah. She saw it in our promotional materials and was like, okay, I'm going to just go do this challenge, which it's not even a challenge yet, but she just turned it into one. and was like, I, she went and met all of her neighbors. Pro. Yeah. I know. It was amazing. So cool. Well, I think I think uh, before we wrap up, we have to say just uh, two deep words of gratitude. One to uh, Christopher for all of his amazing editing editing uh, on the podcast. It's uh, so nice to know that this is going into his sure hands to turn it into a great episode. And thanks to our listeners. Um, you guys have oh, I, been... I thought maybe you were going to thank me as your 
What now? Is the co-host? <laughs> I mean, now? I thought you were going to thank Catherine and I for like oh. putting up with you guys. Oh, oh. well, <laughs> wow. Matt, how long is your list? Yeah, I just, mean, just the listeners. Uh, that's just, all. I was going to stop at the listeners. <laughs> I. Uh, this is embarrassing. It's, it's really embarrassing awkward. Really awkward. <laughs> Um, well, if, thanks, listeners. Any listeners, if, if you could get me out of this situation, I'd really appreciate it. Yes. No, it's amazing to me that folks are listening and we get great feedback and encouragement yes. from people. And we welcome your comments. And, you know, you can message us on Facebook. You can uh, get in touch with us through email. Um, I think we, Matt's fax number is uh, it's, on it's the website. Post, posted on the website. That's right. 1-800-FAX-MATT. <laughs> <laughs> remember the sound of the facts oh yeah dialogue? no i don't <laughs> i'm too young to remember too that young, listen whatever. we still have a fax machine at my church and every once in a while some ghost sends us some weird thing that's like would you like to consolidate your debt and i'm like nah bro thanks so you're getting spammed via fax yeah it's the real deal i'll put a picture up on that our website or on our wild. facebook page so you can see it it's pretty right. cool it's me. I'm, I'm faxing them. It's like it's like I'm moonlighting as a fax spammer. Matt, you're killing trees. Stop it. Sorry. It, it pays really well. I don't. Yeah. So. I, oh man. All right. Well, all right. On, on that note, I really think we should just wrap this up. That's right. Um, but no, thank you for making our first year very successful. And uh, stay tuned for what comes next in the neighbor next door. Until uh, next time, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring.